welcome everybody out there to Divorce Devil episode 30. We have Tom in the studio with us today. We're going to talk about an amicable divorce, friendly divorce. Tom, take it. Well, first of all, David, thank you for having me here. Um, I just want people to know that we met through the Divorce Recovery Workshop at First Presbyterian Church downtown. For years, I had heard about the program and uh, you know how helpful it was to a lot of friends that went through it. I had a sister out in California who went through a similar program in California, and she said, this is a must-do. And uh, I'm glad I did it because it has been very helpful. And one of the things David emphasized in the very first meeting, he says, this is rough. He didn't sugarcoat it or anything. And he says, you need to call me day or night. Do. And he's been true to that. It wasn't just a statement. Uh, we've been friends now for quite some time. And we go cycling. We share food together. So, donuts, donuts. Yeah, donuts. donuts. Amy's Donuts. Got to give a plug for Amy's Donuts because <laughs> they're friendly, the people there. They have a military discount. I'm a veteran. And uh, and they're delicious. So that's our Friday treat to ourselves. After our ride, we go down to Amy's Donuts. There you go. Yeah. So let's talk about your divorce Generally, how did it start? Well, it started early in our marriage. From my perspective, there were threats of divorce within about three months of getting married, what kind of shocked me because I definitely wanted it to work and work well. And this went on for 17 years. And then finally, we said, let's do this. And I think the thing about it is we were both thinking more about ourselves than our two beautiful daughters when it happened. And it came to a conclusion uh, after uh, 60 days that we agreed to it, and I took it very hard. I was in shock um, and went into a very dangerous downward depression uh, that required hospitalization. But my wife, former wife, drove me to Peakview for help, and that speaks volumes of the type of person she is. Definitely. And she always emphasized, she said, you know, you're a great father. And, uh, and I try my best in that category. She says, as a husband, there's definitely room for improvement. Now, we're friends now. You can believe me that when things were hot and we were headed towards divorce, things weren't stated so diplomatically. The, the tongue, especially my tongue, is one of the hardest things to control. And uh, I have some hearing loss, and so a lot of times I turn up the volume without realizing how loud it actually gets. Um, we both grew up in a violent home and we wanted something different for our kids but uh, the big mistake on my part is I thought I was doing well because I never physically harmed my wife in any way but uh, I found out that the uh, verbal abuse can be even more detrimental than the physical so uh, I found that out the hard way I was speaking with another veteran who was sexually abused by his father for years which you know is horrific but he said Point blank, the verbal abuse was worse than the sexual abuse. Wow. So that was a real epiphany. But unfortunately, it came too late for me, uh, and our our uh, our marriage ended. But um, she always wanted me to stay involved in the lives of our two daughters. And, uh, and I'm just so honored that she allowed me to do that. Plus, we have three grandkids. And unlike a lot of people today... Everybody's in El Paso County. You know, some of the people that are grandkids are on their side of the planet. So I guess the biggest thing that has helped, um, which would have helped in my marriage as well, is realize 
realizing that uh, you can't get everything from your wife as far as spiritual, emotional support. And, uh, you know, I rely on David and a host of friends that I've met through David and people that um, when they found out about my situation said, dude, call me. And they're not kidding. I can call them day or night. And just knowing that has helped me uh, be a much more uh, diplomatic person. As I was discussing with David before this, I have a long ways to go because just the other day uh, I had a service dog brought it into the post office. And even though the people working there were veterans, we got into it loud and very loud about admitting or not admitting, as they said, the service dog. So I'm still working on this. I've seen a lot of counselors. Unfortunately, with the VA, a lot of times you have to change and tell your story again to a total stranger. But uh, I'm working at the vet center with Nick Fry, who is outstanding. And I guess the biggest thing is don't go it alone. And in the workshop with David, I found people who had been through some really tough situations. And uh, I think David remembers, without mentioning names, there was a woman that broke down, <clears throat> I don't know, half hour into the first session. Yep. But she came back. That's yeah. the thing, is don't give up. Come back. And uh, you can't control the other person. Um, you want, just, you want to control yourself. That's right. And it's easier said than done. I'm still working on it. But... That woman coming back after breaking down in front of everybody emotionally with tears and everything, that inspired me. So you're going to meet people on the journey that will inspire you in different ways. It may be a friend. It may be a total stranger. So those are some of the things that have helped us. But my wife's story, former wife, I keep saying, uh, is inspiring. She came here from Peru at a very young age with uh, a daughter on her own. Um you know, typical immigrant story of having to do low-end jobs and and real serious challenges. And uh, she went back to school after being laid off, and she had uh, opportunity to go to Pikes Peak Community College, opportunity to go to Colorado College, not once but twice. And she's currently working on her second master's in counseling from Colorado Christian University. So talk about a survivor. She definitely is. And it's easy to focus on what went wrong, but I still have a great deal of respect and admiration for her. And uh, I'm trying in my current relationship to keep that in focus. And it is a little different when you're not living with somebody on a day-to-day basis. Uh, kind of like I get along better sometimes with strangers than family or friends. So <laughs> sometimes less information is better than more. Uh, but anyways, those are some of the things that have worked for me. And I continue to learn from David, who has also had similar um, challenges with divorce and other people who are married or divorced. Um, faith has been a big thing for me because uh, I currently go to St. Mary's Cathedral and I was a mess and they took me as is and they continue to take me as is and encourage me on my journey through life. So, uh, so I really appreciate that. And I, you know, people from other faiths have encouraged me too. So, uh, those are some of the things that have helped me out. I think the thing with uh, the divorce recovery is you go and you're there with like-minded people. You know, they're going through the same thing that you're going through, and you're not alone. And, you know, just when you think that your stuff is like the shit, you meet somebody that's going through something twice as hard as you. So I, I think that keeps our focus 
or keeps our mind and focus on the prize. And it's hard, but you see that people have done it before you. Right. So it's nice to see the people that have gone before you have done it. Right. And so then you go from there. But it's, it's been interesting. You know, it's uh, for me being a facilitator, I even learn from the students. Every class I learn something. And if you remember, we, uh, we had the class with uh, forgiveness. Right. And it wasn't my favorite class still. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> forgiveness is not my favorite class. Even after teaching six, seven sessions, still right. forgiveness is still. So, But it was nice to have those friends and those like-minded people to be able to go to that journey. Uh, the other thing was that I had to realize that I couldn't do it for them. They had to go to the journey themselves, but just guide them along that journey and you know keep them on the road. But I couldn't pick their feet up and do their own walking and marching for them. Right. You you gotta yeah you gotta carry your own cross and uh, you know like I said the interfaith piece. I'm Catholic. It was at first Presbyterian. People in the class were from various churches. No faith whatsoever. But we all helped each other out. Um, we're in the same boat in a sense, but our situations are not always very similar. But what is the same is we're working on it. Yep. And that's what was, in, you know, I'm like, these people who taught the class were people who had been through divorce. And it's not like somebody working from a, I mean, they had a, a study guide, but they are speaking from experience as well. So that was, you know, I remember when I was in high school, this is back before we had cell phones and, you know, dark ages. This kid came up in a standard transmission, just grinding the gears. And uh, you thought the transmission was going to hit the floor of the uh, parking lot. And another kid said, you've been driving along or just reading about it? And, you know, that's the thing with the divorce recovery. These people have experience in addition to some really valuable knowledge that has been collected, as you said, from people in the same situation of having gone through divorce and uh, you know this is more of a recent discovery for me on the topic divorce Uh, my drug of choice since I was about 12 has been music and I didn't know much about Kurt Cobain until unfortunately he committed suicide more recently I've looked a little deeper at his life and you know people say people get divorced all the time but there's a case right there that it hurt and it hurt bad and i don't think people including you know i didn't know him personally obviously but i think you know people were like oh you go through this over day go you know get over it mm-hmm. but uh that really woke me up to that this is not just about um my former wife and i this is about our kids yeah. our grandkids and the other thing you know is supporting our oldest daughter who is married anything i can do to help them stay together i'm gonna i'm gonna try and i'm I'm gonna try and do it without spoiling the grandkids which is hard to do because we're all pretty biased towards our grandkids so so what kind of advice would you give somebody who's thinking about or already pull that divorce trigger you know they want to say hey i'm through with this i need to move on what are some of the steps i need to do what would you say to them to do first Well, first of all, like I said, both my wife and I grew up in violent homes. If you are in a violent situation, get out. It doesn't mean you have to stay out. You you know, I'm a veteran. I have complex PTSD. Um, There are reasons that people are violent, in part because they grew up that way. Um, It's unfortunately, uh, you know, trauma tradition, if you will. But we want to break that cycle. Um, So, 
If somebody is in physical or psychological danger based on abuse, you need to get out. And hopefully um, both parties will get help, the perpetrator and the recipient of the abuse. At the same time, remember your kids. Um, You know, I was a teacher for a number of years, and teaching in this day and age is really tough. The best advice I received was from a young teacher. I was going in at my late 30s, and this guy was only like 20, and I was talking about the endless meetings and paperwork and all these hassles, and he just kept repeating, focus on the kids, focus on the kids. Now, you don't want to focus on the kids to the extent that you forget your spouse, but... um, you know, it's not just the couple. It's a lot of people. It has a ripple effect. I was um, one of six kids, which is stressful in and of itself, especially if I'm your son. But um, my sister got divorced, then I got divorced. And, uh, well, actually, I was the first to get divorced because hers was long and protracted. Mm-hmm. And I would say that's another thing, too, is you can't take it with you. You want to protect yourself financially, especially if you're the primary you know, financial support for mm-hmm. the children, but don't, you know, get into a, for lack of a better term, don't get into a pissing contest yep. about some thing that, you know, your spouse wants and it doesn't matter to you. And it's a coffee mint from Aunt Mildred or whatever, just let it go. Um, that would be some of the things. And once again, you know, uh, I, I really help, uh, it's really been helpful because David is committed to a uh, long time committed to helping people through this you know this isn't his first podcast it's he's always helping with people and he he's had social gatherings with a wide variety of people and you know get out stay out that helps as opposed to isolation that was very dangerous for me prior covid of course well even covid you can get out and you know social distance and you don't have to have 100 people you know just one friend is uh if it's the right friend of course yeah Yeah, so yeah and uh you know I'm not a technology person, but David is. So I rely on my grandkids and uh, other people who are more technically advanced to help me because with my hearing loss, um, it's pretty much a must texting. And I appreciate people who are willing to work with me on that. Uh, so th- those are a couple things. So big question. Do you stay together for the kids? Once again, uh, if there's violence involved, I, I, at the very least, you got to stay safe. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, the oxygen mask thing yep. on the airplane. You put yours on first. Exactly. If your kids, and that's what happened to both my wife and I, we saw that violence in the home mm-hmm. and the kids come to accept it. The kids live in fear. It the becomes kids get, normal. Yeah. And then the kids develop PTSD. Uh, so yeah, if, you know, it depends on the situation, obviously, but you have to keep yourself safe. And but nobody, even if there's no, violence in the home and the parents aren't getting along, do, do you still stay together for the kids? Well, that depends on your definition of violence because as I said, um, there was physical uh, and okay. uh, yeah. verbal violence in the home I grew up. And I thought I was like, great, because I wasn't laying hands on anybody. But that verbal violence, you know, it can rock somebody's coconut and do even worse damage. Gotcha. So. And my dad said, keep your sense of humor. And that's really important when you're going through a street. (laughs) When you go through anything, you definitely got to keep your sense of humor. Find your uh, comfort zone. For me, it's music, hiking, this abusable state. Get out and talk to the trees. You know, they don't talk back. They don't yell at you. Uh, Get some fresh air. Play with your dog. Whatever works for you. 
I know people who bowl, play disc golf, whatever works. There was a one section in uh, Divorce Recovery. It, it was called, uh, it was early, I think, it, it was called Creating Your New Reality. Right. You know, like accepting your, your new reality. Yeah. How can you speak to that? Things, things are new. Uh, you're by yourself sometimes, things like that. But you have to, I think you have to lean into your friends, lean into your village. The village right. comes in very important then. And I think this also goes back to this idea of verbal abuse. Uh, reality has never been my strong suit. I want to say that first and foremost. But whose reality are we talking about? Because sometimes when you have a relationship with someone and they're like, this is the way things are done. Well, you know, things are done differently all over the world. And we come in from different places. So that idea of compromise and, you know, if it's not detrimental to other people, you know, it's consenting adults, as they say, um, let people have their fun. Don't rain on people's parade. You know, um, David knows me well enough that I'm not, uh, riding my bicycle with the latest standard cycling gear. Sometimes I wear boots and overalls and, and David, like he's doing now laughs and we, you know, and that's another thing, laugh with us, you know, as opposed to laugh at us and keep your sense of humor. So, um, yeah, the, the reality thing. Yeah. You got to finally accept that, Hey, we're divorced despite your high hopes on that wedding day. And how do we make the most of a difficult situation? So I, I think that is important. I'm glad you brought that up. And that's what I mean, even though you've been through a divorce, as a facilitator, you remember the cl- curriculum, because you've been through it several times mm-hmm. teaching the class, that I have forgotten. And this right now is helpful to me to remember these things. I was thinking back, and you're going through the journey, and you're helping other people go through the journey. But even if you've been through the journey, there's certain triggers Mm-hmm. That can come right. like a like a p- person, place, or thing right. that can reactivate that anger or that disappointment, you know. And because like people think that you're you're healed, you're done, right. and you're not. It could be years later. You can see something in a magazine right. and say, "Boom!" and then you start crying, right? And it, there's just something that you have to accept and let it let it out. Yeah. Holding it in is. Uh, Especially for men, you know, David, because you were in the class. Yeah, you, we suck. were the only two men, men in the suck. class. <laughs> so um, I hope you know, men hear this. You know, and more than likely, the wife saying, "You need to listen to this." That doesn't work too well, but if they happen to hear about it, I hope you will um, give it some thought. If you're still listening now, thank you for doing so because I, I sometimes ramble on, as David will tell you. But that's okay. That's yeah. that's why we have you on the show. It's called the Ramble Divorce Podcast Show. But <laughs> <laughs> someone's out there because there's got to be someone out there that's hurting or thinking about divorce or going through divorce and. And they say that divorce is on the uprise with COVID. Oh, yeah. people are together. Yeah, absolutely. And they figure out the real person they live with. All right. And it's like, I don't like that person. Yeah. I heard initially in China, when it kind of got a window for people to get divorced, the rate had gone up 500%. Oh, they were ready, huh? Yeah. When I was in the Coast Guard, <clears throat> there were guys that, as long as they were on a ship and deployed out at sea on a regular basis, their marriage worked fine. They got a desk job. And it they went, were home yeah. all the time. And vice versa. You know, when they were home, some guys, it went well. When they were deployed, not so much. But uh, And, you know, fortunately, there's people who can make it work either way. But And that's what we hope for everyone. Yeah. I mean, I do believe mel- uh, the best case scenario, marriage is beneficial to both parties if it's done correctly. And I am married today. Um, so, 
it's not without its challenges, believe me. But yeah. I have friends like you, David, that I can talk to. I have the counselor at the VA. And I said, the trees, they're good, too. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I think people kind of give up too too soon. Yeah. You know, um, I think we're in a, well, with the p- pandemic, of course, we're in a divorce-happy world mm-hmm. where, like, you, it's like, okay, you're not going to shine my shoes. I'm done with you. Right. You know, instead of working it out. Right. You know, Threats yeah. can be very detrimental. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing of abuse. That's a, that's exactly. a form of verbal abuse. Exactly. You want to try as provide as much stability for yourself, for your spouse and your family. And it, you know, once again, it's not easy. I mean, a big part of it is the, the world has changed. Uh, My parents were married 52 years, but my mom did not have the same options with six kids, despite having a college career, just to say, I'm out of here and I'm going to support these kids, you know? So um, a lot of those things with my parents, I have a different perspective on today than I did when I was 14 and so angry. And I've been angry for years, but um, people like you, David, and others have helped me make some progress. Not that I don't have a ways to go, but yeah. So post-divorce, what are some of the ideas and some of the tools and mechanisms that you, that you employ in your relationship with your ex to keep it cool, keep it flowing, you know, with the kids and grandkids? Well, this is the thing that she said right from the get-go. And she had been divorced before I met her. And she did this with our older daughter. She says, I will not speak ill of your father because he is your father. And I think that's important, uh, not only for the former spouse to get along, because that was what, you know, in looking at Kurt Cobain, not only were the parents divorced, but they couldn't even be civil towards the other. From the kid's perspective, that parent is part of who they are. And their relationship with the child is different than, you know, the spouse's. It's a different dynamic. Uh, Obviously, there's exceptions. Once again, if there's abuse, that sort of thing. But um, try to be as respectful and polite. And sometimes, yeah, you're going to have to bite your tongue to the point it almost comes off. Yeah. yeah. But... uh, I think, though, it's like, you know, playing the piano. It gets easier with practice. (laughs) Like like you said, don't give up, you know, um, keep going and uh, and be open to learning your entire life. That was one thing with my mom. She was great about that. Learn something new every day and not just about divorce. Find Uh a new hobby, something that engages your mind, because my focus when we were initially divorced is I'm a loser. Uh, how did I let this happen? Oh yeah. You go down that rabbit hole oh, right, big right. time. Yeah. Yeah. And those rabbits, man, I don't care what they say. They're like the ones on Monty Python. They're really vicious. Those killer. Yeah. Rabbits. They hurt. Big yeah. Time. They'll rip you to shreds. So, and get help if you need it. Professional help. Yeah. So don't be afraid men, right. Men to get help. Cause once again, we suck yeah. getting help, you yeah. know, like at the divorce recovery, there was what, probably 40 people, mm-hmm. Probably ten guys, right? Max right. eight, nine, ten guys, right? Yeah. yeah. So on average, men don't get help like women do. Well, the good thing though about the program is each breakout group did have a man and a woman. Yeah. So it, I once again, I can't applaud you enough, David, for taking that commitment because, um, and you know, that's another way you you hold it together. You start helping other people, whether it's through divorce recovery or, you know, carrying their groceries. I don't know. Yeah. 
doing something, laughing at your bad jokes, keeping keep your just, mind busy, man. That's right. that's that's part of it. Because yeah. once once the mind stops, that's when the rabbit hole starts starts and, and start getting a routine. Especially for me personally, as a former athlete, I got to get out in the mm-hmm. air and exercise. I used to tell people that. You know, suicide was such so selfish, but you can't say that until you hit the rock bottom. Right. And and for me, it wasn't. It was more like, what would it be like if I wasn't here? Right. And that's how that that thought starts, and then that swirl starts going down the hole. Right. And you did not know this at the time, but that was incredibly important for me as a two-time survivor of suicide. So. Don't ever underestimate how bad, especially guys, because they don't want to talk about it. So, you know, like we ride our bikes three times a week. You know, we're not going for the Tour de France, but we get out. Yeah, weather (laughs) permitting. And we do have Amy's involved there. Amy, the donut shop. Uh, So, yeah. And I think the other thing David has taught me is uh, group activities. You know, it doesn't have to be jump right into a romantic relationship. Take your time. Don't jump from the fire to the fire uh, frying pan or whatever you want to call even it even though it feels really good and warm right <laughs> exactly <laughs> until you get your that Popeye sound song you <laughs> fell in the fire pan burn off his ass yeah yeah you want to you want to go slow that's another thing too even in the in the verbal thing and this is where I still struggle a great deal in my current relationship I tend to respond, excuse me, I tend to react to something that has happened or said as opposed to just taking a couple seconds and then yeah. respond, you know. So, and hopefully uh, I'm not yelling into this mic that people have already turned down the volume or turned oh, it off. That, that's all right. But all right. I have to applaud you because I, I look up to you from the standpoint that you have a better relationship with your ex than I do. That's okay. It is what it is. It just happened to be in that rut and. We'll see. Maybe one day I can be like Tom instead of be like Mike. Well, I I appreciate what you're saying. And we are both, you know, people who have been divorced, but each situation is different. You know, like I said, my wife set the tone immediately that I'm not going to diss you because you're the father of these children and grandchildren. And so, you know, I can't thank her enough for doing that because it's easy to go down that road. And, you know, from the group we were in. Some people's spouses, like you said, their situations were flat out dangerous. We didn't have that in ours. So, um, but those people can still teach us a lot about, um, you know, different techniques that work for them in a very dangerous situation. They can learn to. Right. Yeah. So, so thank you, David, again and again. Well, thank you, Tom, for coming by. This is our first podcast, maybe not our last, but that was pretty fun. Thank you. Everybody have a good night. Bye-bye.